so good to see you, Sarah. You too. Yeah. 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 I met you years and years ago and you were such a light then. And, and it's just a thrill to see you again. So thank you for tonight. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, this, this is my first interview to set song. So you'll, you'll bear with me. <laughs> and uh, oh, wonderful. Well, we can be totally natural together. There you go. There you go. Um, I've been told the best way to get this started is to read your bio and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. How about that? <clears throat> Lovely. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Sarah St. Clair is a mystic devoted to the present peace that awakening offers. She's has been inspired by the non-dual teachings of A Course in Miracles and the good news of the gospel. Called to lead a spirit-led life with many adventures of forgiveness, Sarah's gift is her ability to share the answer that is being joined in the Holy Spirit's offerings to everyone. She relays this eternal truth of clarity, comfort, and trust through parables and metaphors, making it universal and accessible to all. Sarah has led satsongs, gatherings, and retreats all over the world, both in person and online. She frequently clarifies how to apply the metaphysics of a course in practical and joyful ways, like with her animated 90 Days of Forgiveness series on YouTube. Oh, that's so good. Those are so good. Her live ACIM show on ACIM Live and her writings on this mystic life. Lit by the light of love, Sarah demonstrates that it, it, this is a benevolent universe, a wake-up world, and a mirror for the mind. For more information about Sarah, you can visit her website, thismysticlife.org, or her many social media platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Spreaker. Speaker. <laughs> all right so again welcome Sarah um thank you for inviting me it's lovely to see you all yeah yeah it's so great to have you here um I guess um your your bio um I'm not surprised doesn't talk very much about Sarah personally <laughs> um uh but I I uh, I did hear that that you got started with ACIM because uh, you ordered you ordered the wrong you you ordered a book and got the wrong book. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually wouldn't have considered myself to be someone on a spiritual path at all, and I I had felt this deep call in my life though to step away from what I'd been doing and simplify and. So I moved back to the country town where I'm from in Ireland and helped my mom out in the in the bookshop there. That was a miracle as well. And while I was there, I started going through old boxes of my dad's. Um, he had passed away uh, a couple of years before then, and we had taken everything and put it in this shed. And as I went through each of these books, his friends who were all spiritual had given him all these books, but, you know, they'd never been opened because he was more a, a natural absorber of things like that. And he was just a natural mystic, probably himself, you know, into nature and being in presence and being out in the wild. And so I went read through each of these 
different books that were just happened to be there, pretty like, you know, Paulo Coelho and things like that. But all of them referenced this A Course in Miracles book at the back. And so I was like, well, you know, that sounds fun, being able to do miracles. So I thought I was ordering a self-help book. That's what I thought I was ordering. And when, when it came into the, the store, I was on my own um, in, unboxing the books. And I hadn't even looked at how much it cost because I'm ordering it through the bookstore that we're, we're, we work in. And I opened it and I looked and I was like, oh no, oh no. The very second I saw the, no, no. I opened it, saw the thin paper and, and the detail. And like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, you know, I'd been raised a Catholic, um, but what I noticed was for the 30, these next 30 minutes, nobody came into the store and I was on my own because <laughs> my mom had just taken a break. So I'm literally standing on my own in the store with this book and I can feel this incredible presence. But the fear also came up because the intimacy was so strong. And so I got on the phone immediately and I called the wholesaler and I said, I'm sorry. But um, you seem to have sent me a Course in Miracles, the wrong Course in Miracles. There must be one of the same title by another <laughs> author, I'm trying to find the author, flipping around, you know, um, you know, and the woman who I would deal with on a daily basis and the wholesalers went quiet. And then she says, no, Sarah, there's only one. And I just remember saying, oh, okay, thanks, thanks. And I hung up the phone and... Like I was, it was such an incredible experience that I just, my heart was pounding and I stood there looking at it going, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. But my first thought was like, I think I'm getting indoctrinated into a cult. Just the feeling of the book. I haven't even opened it. Like I've literally seen Christian language and I'm like shaking because it was so commanding. The presence of the moment was so incredible. And I, I stood there looking, my heart pounding and not knowing what to do, like standing there, like almost frozen. And a voice inside said, it's just a book, Sarah. You can close it anytime you like. <laughs> okay. And I, I know, I, I thought that was beautiful too, right? <laughs> that didn't phase me. I didn't seem to notice that until, you know, a couple of weeks, like a few days later, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I, so I flicked it open and it flipped to nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. And I went, okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. And yet it was the complete answer to a prayer that I'd been putting out for months. It just came so unbidden that I just, I, I didn't have any framework. I didn't know the word awakening. I, I didn't know spiritual terms. I didn't know about enlightenment I'd never heard that word I didn't know any of these things I was really young like I had no clue of any of these things I just knew this was the answer to the prayer so what did I do I put it on layaway because <laughs> it was so expensive and I'm now just working in this small bookshop and I'm like paying it off to like two dollars a week or something you know talk about putting it off you know and and the, the voices I went you know, you do own the shop, Sarah. So <laughs> I don't think anyone would mind if you took it home before you've been fully paid off. And I'm like, okay. And I hid it in a brown bag and I, a paper bag and I took it home. But immediately, and I mean immediately, 
and I started on page one because I didn't even know there was a workbook because I hadn't gotten to that page. I, it was the answer to everything I'd been asking for immediately, like immediately. And every day I felt so relieved. And so I even took a cut in the hours I was working in the shop. So down to 13 hours. So I could really just put my whole heart into this answer. And then, you know, I've just moved back from a cosmopolitan city with a cosmopolitan type, you know, life. And I'm living with my mother. My sister moves home, her little child. We're all working in the shop together. There's tons of forgiveness opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so it was really profoundly daily, the answer, everything I would apply of what was said every day. And that was coming mostly from the text at first. And then I moved into the workbook when I realized it was there and I was told again, you know, you can skip ahead. It's okay. You can start the workbook while you keep reading. (laughs) The mind was so innocent and so, so unobserved, you know, there was no one telling me what to do. For four more years, I didn't even meet anyone else who'd even heard of it. I was, it was like a secret. Wow. And it was transforming my life. And I, all my trust, I put all my trust into it. Like I just gave way to this answer that had come into my life. So it was a very intimate experience immediately. And it was an entire relationship, you know. So, so you said, I put all my trust. I know that, uh, that of course, the miracles <clears throat> talks about, um, the importance of trust. Um, I think uh, in the teacher's manuals, that's the that's first characteristic of a teacher. Um, and, and I know when you're um, 90 days of forgiveness that you talk about that trust. Would you, would you like to talk about that trust a little bit? Yeah. I think trust is very intimate. And like any relationship, there's a development of trust. And so whether you've ever seen The Course in Miracles or not, because I know that this is uh, an eclectic group who who some have reference of it and some don't, it doesn't matter for what I'm going to share with you today because the trust is in what A Course in Miracles calls the Holy Spirit. Some people would call it their higher power, their higher self. It's the one who loves you and knows what's best for you in all circumstances and everyone else too. You can't beat having a guide like that really because Uh it's humbling. Immediately you're aware there's no way you can have that level of awareness of the entire universe and every seeming consequence of a decision. And so it really encourages that development of trust, that nurturing of that relationship, that leaning in and it really is like being, a, you know, a small child who just understands that it doesn't know, but this one does, and this one loves you. And for me, that's the significance here. And that was palpable to me immediately. I'd had good trust in the Holy Spirit in principle. In fact, the trust I had in the Holy Spirit was so strong because for, for those first four years, I didn't realize Jesus was the one speaking in the course. Now, that probably seems incredible to some of you, but I was like, but it's the voice for God. And my friend who I I met sometime later said, yes, but it's actually Jesus. It says it's Jesus speaking. And I went, wow, there's more reason to trust. Imagine 
an entire course that is speaking to you so intimately because this is what it is. It's it's a communication. It's not really a book. It's definitely not something you study and learn something about. It's a relationship. And imagine something so intimate that the very thing that might make you a little queasy or a little apprehensive is just not relevant, even though it's the core of the book is not relevant if you are able to receive it through the idea that it's the voice for God, the Holy Spirit that's just speaking. I thought that was incredible. And that's where, and because of the way I received it, how I learned that this development of trust was warranted. This trust was warranted. And I knew that because I practiced it every day and I tried it out and I tested the Holy Spirit and I tested this link and I tested this guidance system. And I just found miracle after miracle compared to the way I'd been previously living my life, trying to be a good person, trying to consider what everyone thought, trying to make out like, how would that work out? Would they like it? Would they not? You know, which is excruciatingly painful and, and doesn't work out anyway, even with the best will in the world. It doesn't work out from a personal level. So that's what the trust is for me. And it's available to everyone. And I, I just caught the end of your last session. And I really feel that, you know, however you are guided, it's, it's by a loving system that absolutely knows you, loves you and all your foibles and everyone else and all their foibles too. And it's really that it's guiding the mind home. And so if you can hand over, you know, the very small things of the world, like everything and relax back into the love and the acceptance that's being asked of you, because the trust that really is developing with the Course of Miracles that you're only being asked to accept that forgiveness has been done for you. You're not being asked to do forgiveness. It's so different. I've met people who've studied the course for 20, 40 years and have still forgotten that it's just about saying, oh, wow, you know, thank you. Okay. Like, thank you. Because the level of redundancy it makes you know, of, of this personality, character self you think you are is so extreme that we keep glossing over that, you know, that it's all been done. It's all the past. And all you're being asked to do in this moment is to sink back into the safety, security of the comforter and that everything's okay and nothing ever went wrong or right. It's just all okay, no matter what. Oh, no. Um, I, I took a note here that um, you said, um, and, and let me know if I've misquoted you because <laughs> I was writing quickly. But, okay. um, our devotion is to the present moment and the acceptance of what has already been given. Um, I think that's what you're speaking to. Um, can you tell us why our devotion to the present moment is is so critical? Yes, um, a course in miracles. I seem to keep having to reference it for my own mind, so it must be we have a, a big core course group with us in this moment. A course in miracles speaks what seems like on two levels, and it's important to understand that the present moment is beyond time it's beyond this world 
And so it's an invitation into it. It seems like being present as the person and not being constantly haggard by the past or furtive about the future um, stills you into this quietness and then this more spacious and eternal experience that is not relevant to anything or relating to anything of the world. Nothing is causing this spaciousness or softness or quietness. And so in coming into the present moment, or as the Course calls it, even the holy instant, and accepting the atonement for ourselves, which means that everything, everything is forgiven, that we can just be relieved of the illusory nature of push, pull, struggle, that there's anything we need to do, because everything that we do here is motivated by some form of fear. Even, you know, the desire to awaken is not the same as the desire for peace. And so just to come back into that experience, to really, I mean, it's so humbling, and then just to accept like the grandeur of that this has been given to you you did nothing to earn it it's just your inheritance it's the gift from god it's so incredible and it's always now it can't be any other time you know you can't prepare for the holy instant you can't prepare to go to the holy spirit and try and be better before you go you must just go as you are See, there's no perfecting of the self-concept or the person before this happens. In fact, it's the acceptance of the non-perfection and the complete yielding and the complete inability to change anything that allows us to come wholeheartedly to the one who loves us, to be given a guidance and a relaxation and a way of being in the world and a happy dream till we can fully allow that to feel safe for us. You're not going to be hurled into heaven. Um, I love that. Um, I was reading earlier that uh, you said something like if you were... Um, if we're having trouble receiving guidance, it's because we're afraid of what we're going to hear. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're afraid maybe we're going to be asked um, to, uh, to sacrifice. Um, but as, as you pointed out earlier, and when you got the, when you got the Course in Miracles book, um, you know, you can, uh, you can, you can simply annoy, annoy, ignore what the, the Holy Spirit has to say, if you're if you're that afraid, so don't be afraid. Just at least go ahead and and uh, and ask the Holy Spirit. And and you go on to say that guidance is simply listening to how much you're loved. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, that's that's really where it changes, it shifts. You know, we all come to any spiritual pathway with the history of our understanding of the world. 
And if you've if come from Christian traditions, which are admonishing you and talking about sin and guilt and hell and, you know, things like that, you know, just it's it's contrary to just open up to an idea of, of this love that comes without perfecting of something, without improvement. But that's the love that's being offered, you know, mm. and and so it has to be, you know, a development of trust. And you're given this whole big book to study, you know, till you can come around, till you can put feel safe enough to put that down and that you've got the, the Holy Spirit, you know, on your team. And and it really that's the difference. There's nothing to be afraid of in hearing anything from the Holy Spirit. And hearing doesn't just mean a voice in feeling what's guided for you because it's what's guide, it's divine providence. It's what's guided for the mind to awaken safely. Guidance looks like perhaps things in form, activities, go here, there, do that, give so-and-so a call, you know, or your favorite TV programs on, whatever it is, the, the Holy Spirit loves you. And it's a way to feel safe. It's all about safety. It's all about safety. Yet if we've misplaced our trust in a system that is not safe for us, that is unsafe because it's against us, then we need to place it into one which is. So that's the development of trust. But you can just lean back in there and you only waken from happy dreams. Like that's the biggest testament and witness in the course to you're going to like this <laughs> because you only waken from happy dreams. So it has to seem to appeal to the basic nature of the character eventually the awakening is just a shift in identity from the character sense of self to who you are in truth and so you're not dependent on the storyline of the character working out anymore to be happy it it becomes irrelevant it's like a flattening out of everything it's not the focus you're not picking one person over the other, you know, the eye that I'm speaking from could as easily be Connie today, those eyes, it just, it's not, you don't keep picking out and identifying and fixating on one character, that's the softening that mm -hmm. comes. And wow. when you're taking guidance from one that loves everyone equally, the trust is that it works out better. In my experience, it works out better for everyone, <laughs> definitely, even in things that seemed unlikely at the beginning yeah sweet thank you um i will say um i can't see if anybody's raising their hands to ask questions you you certainly are welcome to i think sarah's more than receptive to that i've got lots of questions but i certainly will share sarah with the rest of you all um, um when you're in your teachings, you, you speak a lot of forgiveness and and um, um, a couple of places you talk about forgiveness knows um, we are mistaken about everything we're seeing. Yes. Uh, for, forgiveness is knowing form doesn't bring happiness. Um, so so really what we're saying is that you can't depend on sight at all. Um, and that, and, and when you stop depending on sight, um, that is forgiveness. Am I close to saying that anywhere near correct? Yes. The, the acceptance of forgiveness, because this is against this glorious answer today. It's like, 
the acceptance of forgiveness means you accept it's accepting that what your brother did not do to you you know it's accepting forgiveness is is looking upon the world and that includes you know from behind the eyes of the character now including the character sitting in front of the computer looking out you know at the garden it includes that level of watching and seeing it doesn't tell you who you are though it can be used as a wake-up world to reflect who you're not and show you where you are still attached or still have beliefs or doubt thoughts even that it's safe to accept this because you know obviously that's what's puppeting us and that's what where we need to accept the forget that everything's already being forgiven because all our doings are actually reinforcing and keeping us you know on the hamster wheel because they're keeping us running keeping the whole show going so it's the way we look at the world and what we use it for it's either against us or it's a benevolent universe so you know it's like everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle you got to choose you know for yourself or not choose and be happy the how you feel is not coming from how what you see is an effect it's it's coming from the desires and beliefs and thoughts and feelings that are being held in the mind and that's the reflection it's literally a mirror of it now you don't want to change the reflection because how will you straighten your tie how will you align the mind and i don't mean personally it's it's the mind it's like how can you align with the truth of who you are if you keep wanting to change the mirror it would be like getting lipstick and going rubbing it over you know where you spill toothpaste on your red top and you <laughs> you've got like your mirror is getting really confused because it was accurately reflecting things you didn't like to pique your interest in the beliefs and desires in your mind and now you're just trying to fuddle with it and that's why manifesting doesn't work because that's suggesting a person is manifesting something rather than a reflection of the mind it's like why would you want to change a perfectly clear mirror or at least a clearing mirror in the moments you can remember what it's for when it's going to show you something like a wing mirror does that you can't see ordinarily you really want to receive the gift of everything that's coming towards you it's all for you it's all for awakening and acceptance of what is doesn't mean you like it or that you think it's the ideal way things would be in the storyline. It just means you accept that it's ideal for awakening and it, it has something to share with you. Not a lesson like an admonishment now. It just, it has clarification. There's a clarification that, that your thinking is wrong, that you're just simply mistaken. And that if, if you look once again with the Holy Spirit, it can be revealed just just where you're out of alignment in the mind, attitudinally. Mm. Not in form, not like you did something wrong. Mm. Well, then, um, let me see. Um, question. Can I ask you a question? Yes, please, please. Hey, Sarah, it's Jacqueline. How are Hi, you? Hi, Jacqueline. Nice to see you. You too. Um, uh, I just... You, uh, you said it's uh, it's it's all for awakening. Uh, and you also talked about the softening that comes. And I just, uh, uh, so I have a couple of questions uh, based on that. First of all, um, well, do you equate the two? Because um, uh, it seems to me that um, 
awaiting, awakening is always with us. It's not like some finish line that you cross at the end, right? Yes. But, and, and that, that saw, and I love that you call it softening because that's exactly, you know, my experience of it, right? You just drop in and it's just soft. It's a beautiful way to, to describe that. Um, um, so I guess that's the question is how, how would you, how would you describe uh, awakening and uh, and wouldn't you say that that's that that's always there and not not a finish line that you cross? Yes, absolutely. And I again, acceptance, immediate acceptance of forgiveness as the course describes it, is according to its pathway how it describes it, how awakening happens. Remember, the mind awakens; people don't awaken. So this looking around for like a character's development and then ding, you know, like you're saying, rather than a softening of the witness and a seeing that the thinker and the thoughts are one, the reflection and the witness are one. And, and yet not that at the same time is the softening. It's just the softening of the making one or the other. It's the softening of there being two where there's a rub. There's no conflict because there's no opposition. There's no other, there's nothing to hit. It's just all happening in front of what seems to be a you. It's just a witnessing to it. And this softness is completely a permeable kind of words are limited, but permeable, experience so there isn't yeah there isn't other and there isn't anything to argue with and the description as if there's two things which you're asking about you know is simultaneous it's that's what's there when there isn't peace and when there's peace there's just peace and yet it's constantly there there isn't anything spe special at all to do there's just an invitation to that soft acceptance. That's how I would describe it. It's lovely, thank you. Marisol has a question for us. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for Hi. being here with all of us. Hello. So, I really loved the description that you were giving about like with the reflection um, and the reason why that really piqued my interest is because I recently had an experience where in form, it really was not pleasant at all. And a lot of times I stumble and feeling like I'm regressing or there's no progress. Um, I don't know if I 100% believe that anymore, but um, when things out there are not looking or going as smoothly as the person here thinks that it should be like the happy dream or why is everything just like not working out? Um, and I just would love if you can just talk a little bit more about that. Um, Cause like I said, I feel like I stumble and I, I, I'm really desiring clarity on that. Um, so I can just let that go. <laughs> So thank you. Uh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's the, you know, that's the rub. That's the push pull of like, you know, what's up to me? What can I do? 
you know, who's the me, so this, this push pull of relaxation and the reflection can never tell you who you are. So we can have this idea that when things are in flow and it's, it's all gliding and it's looking good and it's all epic according to taste, that that's good. And then when it's crunchy and there looks like there's conflict and there's all this other things not on the preference list, definitely probably not on how we'd like the self-concept of the character to look. Somehow it's getting hit left, right and center, failing, flailing, whatever. The acceptance again is, is the shift in identity. It, the character is never going to be happy. Character's life is never going to work out. Just remember how Jesus's life, according to the story and the witness of just basic history finished, it didn't look at all like you would imagine. And the apostles were devastated by this. It should work out, right? It looked like a disappointment. And, you know, obviously the resurrection is the answer to that, but the answer for you is also the resurrection because that's the acceptance. That is the happiness, that is the peace, that is, that is the complete peel back. That is the acceptance, that it, it, it isn't causing the distress that you're feeling because it would seem like a cruel world if we keep believing that the world is causing how you feel, you see. It, is, it just means you have a huge call for an immediate experience of what I would like to call relief, right? Because you can always choose to want to be relieved and it doesn't work against what's happening if it's for you, according to some people who are telling us that, like me. And it doesn't, it doesn't negate the current authentic experience of the character that you're having. By, by saying you would like relief, by joining with the Holy Spirit and asking for that relief, by undoing that level of responsibility for the whole thing and even metaphysically the dynamic and how does that work and what am I supposed to do? The calling for help is the highest thing that you can do for relieving the whole scenario. Even the idea of being the one who's looking to be rid of pain or going for awakening or anything, or even the one who wants peace. So it's like, Holy Spirit, choose for God for me. You know, choose this piece for me, I'm so muddled right now. I can't even see how this is. And at times like that, it can also be very beneficial to join with a mighty companion just to check. It, it usually, in my experience, means we've decided we did do something a little bit wrong. And we're trying super hard to correct that and hoping it can all come right. So it's not just the expectation we have on the world we're looking upon, on the character that we're experience, expecting to perform for us. It's, it's also the slight defense that's left in there, you see, that's building against us where we're scrambling. And that's also what would have us not go to the Holy Spirit and delay that going to our higher power or our mighty companion because we're ashamed. That shame is what's keeping us from accepting forgiveness and just going you know you know yeah does that help 
it's that push pull it's 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 always something good it's always something that you're trying to do that's good that will be making that dynamic really crazy extra crazy despite your absolute devotion and willingness and yeah to your path whatever you believe I think that's it's the trying to do something that you believe is good will have you across purposes with acceptance of what is and exposing the shame and the guilt that's keeping the dynamic going and stopping you having a let's call it a bigger look with a broader non-personal eye that can go ah ah look look it's like this little little character it's like ah and like it's like turning you around you know when you're playing a video game and you, you your character's faced into the corner of the wall and you can see nothing and you can't get out of it and you can't turn around it's like oh you just turn ah oh, like like this incredible relief for just being mistaken it's literally never more than a, t a tiny tw tweak away like in it's incredible the whole world can seem to have gone to hell for you everything can appear to be horrific and it is that tiny tweak in our looking and that's what the course calls correction which just means finding out you're mistaken but loved and not abandoned you know and that it's not up to you to fix it you see you just you have to go <laughs> okay hands off i don't know anything i don't know what's happening you know but i would like to be relieved of how i feel because I, I i recognize i don't like how i feel you know and we can always agree on that so yeah yeah that, that's very helpful and it, it, the pointing of like um always and that's what did eventually bring relief was just the accepting of what was playing out and not identifying with it because that then just brings up compassion so yes thank you thank you thank you Marisol thank you Sarah um I took some notes and it said um you said maybe you said we need to be happy to be open to the miracle Oh, yes. Um, uh, that's part of the development of trust. A lot of people think of trust as like tightrope walking or something over a cliff. And I'm like, that's not trust. That's fear. That's terrifying. Trust is something you could ask a two-year-old to do, which is take one step into your loving arms, you know, and then you'll move back a little if, if they're enjoying themselves. That's trust. Right. So it's just it has to feel fun if it's if it's not feeling like something you can easily do. I would say either that's not the guidance as in you've misunderstood the step you're being asked to take. But this idea of feel the fear and do it anyway, and like pushing ourselves into something, that's not the way the spirit operates. That's actually not the way, you know. It's more like the Tao. It's more like. You just find yourself leaning into something because you first looked at the conditions underneath the fear. So suppose you've been asked to do something or something seems to be coming in for you or coming towards you, but like our last example, then it really is about looking at the beliefs and the desires and whatever may be coming up in the mind that is bringing up the fear. Now the fear uh, is already there because it's kept in place by these beliefs and desires, like the desire to do a good job. It's as simple as that. <laughs> The, the belief 
that you've never done this thing before and you don't know how to do it, any of those things. And, and so Jesus asks us to not give him our fear, but to ask for help to look at the conditions that keep the fear in place. And those conditions might get flushed up at the thought of embarking on something that might seem new. But I would say you are not to take that step until you see you're mistaken about what you're being asked actually entails and what it really is. When you see it correctly with the spirit, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. As long as you don't get ahead of yourself, as long as you just do the next indicated step, it's it's never hard and it's it's never harsh. Your heart might be pounding just as you you know get in your development of trust. But I would say join with a mighty companion and get really clear about what's being asked of you, especially one who doesn't share your view on the world. It's very helpful. You know, someone who sees things differently to you, one who loves you, you know, and will go, oh, you'll have no problem with that. Oh, I think you'll have a great time. You know, like that they just see it differently to you. They don't think you're going to mess it up. They don't think, they don't, they think you're beautiful and gorgeous and wonderful. And they don't have that like list that you're running through before you do any activity, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's the that's the Holy Spirit you want to be having. That's that's so that's the that's what I mean by happy. It doesn't have to be a static, but it, it it need not it should not be. I would say it should not be fearful. If it's fearful, then you just need to spend more time in that moment with the Spirit because that's all the guidance is for anyway. It's just to get you into the comforter and just soft and relaxed and it's all okay again there's nothing to worry about that's all it's for you're not really you're not really doing anything you're home in heaven dreaming you know just, you can't mess this up at all every time it's just coming back into the it's like a small chick leaning into a big feathery you know hen Thank you. Beautiful. Um, so here's another quote. Freedom is in the mind because freedom of the body you cannot have if you want freedom of the mind. You cannot have both. Yes. It, it, that's That sounds like a paraphrasing of a, a course quote. Okay. Um, and freedom of the body or freedom of the mind for both you cannot have is <sighs> is really that invitation to softness and that stepping back and to be relieved entirely. And I use you know, relieved as a cinnamon for like synonym uh, for, I would call it a safe passageway to peace. Sometimes peace sounds like an attainment to people when you say it. Sometimes it sounds like something they have to do and push down what's not that. We're talking about a peace that passes understanding. We're talking about a peace that, that, more you sink into that is always present and is completely unconditional 
it, it doesn't mean the absence of something or an addition of something for it to be present. And freedom of the body is the will to have things the way you would want, forgetting that God's will and yours are one, and that God knows what makes you happy, and that you don't. So this is part of the humbling of, of the seeming journey, that you don't know what would make you happy, and the freedom to run around and be the character itself will have you winding up in corners where you don't know what you're doing. And so you, the trust is that there is no hatred. You know, there's some talk at the end of the last talk that there's no hatred of the character, little character either. I think this is very important. And so it's almost like, like a little avatar that you're giving over in safety. And saying, look, I, I'm going to give this over and care to you. I'm not only going to give this character that I think I am and this little body, I'm going to give all the little bodies that I love and you know, this country and this planet and this universe and everything I have affection for. And I'm I'm going to say I'm I recognize I'm not doing a great job of this, but then I also recognize it's not my job to run the universe. And then and that the whole thing is a mistake. And so I I want to be relieved of this sense of panic and urgency that I must keep doing something about it. And that's what people call freedom of the body, the freedom to do whatever they want about the upset in the mind or the experience of upset they're having to try their way to fix it. And it, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work in form because the upset's not coming from the form. So freedom of the mind, where you can never be imprisoned, where you recognize you're already free and you come and you invite that state of being and you accept that that's the truth of who you are already is a, a totally different orientation. And from there, if any doings are needed, they will be joyful again. No matter what the seeming exterior looks like, you could be in the middle of a war zone. I once had a petrol bomb thrown at my house and I remember the first thing I did was to choose peace and to stand there and pray and go, okay. And there were flames running up the side of the house. And I, I had to make that choice because, you know, that's what my life was becoming devoted to. So that's, this is very practical. Freedom of the body or freedom of the mind. You do want the freedom of the mind because your will and God's are one and you were born free. You were created free, eternally free. And the mesmerism is the prison, you know, and, and we can live in very pretty prisons that look like we have freedoms of the body, but that's nothing compared to the realization of the freedom of who you are. Thank you. It's, um... Uh, Jacqueline's got a message here. Um, let's see. We're talking about peace that is always present and completely unconditional. It doesn't require the, the presence of something or the absence of something to be present. That's what she's repeating you. So thank you. Yeah. It's your birthright. I Sorry. You're entitled to miracles, you know, like it's our birthright. 
like how incredible is that like you can you can have freedom of the body of the body you can go fighting for causes in the world or you can accept your birthright and it, it's also the birthright of the perception of the multitude of everyone else every living being plant rock universe star it's a release from the conditions of fear it's a total release from false cause and effect it's back to first cause and that you are an effect in the mind of god at home in peace dreaming you know never having left never having been abandoned and you know we're if we're civically minded that has to be the choice that has to be the choice you get to choose for everyone you get to choose this wow. choose this choose this first if there are any helpful doings that you get sent on to center deeper down while it unfolds into this being your constant state of mind, choose freedom of the mind. Choose to accept your inheritance. Choose to simply say, thank you. I don't know how this works, but thank you. I, I, I'll I, have it. Yes, I'll take it, you know. I am. Uh, I had um, what I was calling a mystical experience one time when when I was uh, I was being told <clears throat> that uh, that I was not responsible for, or there was no truth. I can't remember now exactly. There was no truth. Um, and uh, child abuse that wasn't true, that uh, there was no real suffering in the world, that, that none of it was true. And, it, and it, it felt like one big gush of relief. And uh, I, I, I think that's what you're speaking. Yeah, it's not your fault. You know, this experience of it's not your fault and it's not your responsibility. And even though there seemed to be hurt or harm or distress, it's not your fault and it's not your responsibility to address it either. Jesus goes, leave the ego to me. And I love that. I love that. Leave the ego to me. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm with him. What he said, like, okay, <laughs> I, I, my, my, my job is to go out. Like I hurt. I feel bad. I don't feel good. I'm not at peace. And bring it just raw without like a plan to fix it, you know, because it's not your fault and it's not your responsibility. The fixing has been done. Acceptance that it was fixed and that that was sufficient is the answer. And in even in Christianity in the Western world, they've totally like scrapped that element <laughs> Only in the Christian Greek Orthodox Church do they have paintings of Jesus with, on one hand, grabbing out Eve, and on the other, grabbing out Adam from the tombs as part of the resurrection, reminding you that everyone, past, present, and future, everyone of all time, now, what did Adam and Eve do? Weren't they kicked out for doing it all wrong? Weren't they told it was their fault? No. In the resurrection of the mind that is yours, everyone, it's Ali Ali income free, like everyone is brought back into that state perpetually. Perpetually. And no matter 
how well we think we're doing, we are still getting up on a daily basis and an old style atoning for things. It's just like, okay, I didn't, I wasn't great yesterday. I'll just do better today. And this is the original letting yourself off the hook, you know, and I'm so glad of your example for sharing that with us because that that is it. That's and that's why the poignancy of the like, sense of relief, that sense of relief, that's what acceptance feels like. And then it's like flooded with gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Jacqueline, did you have a question? Um, actually, I think Sarah's addressed it. I was going to ask about, you know, uh, here in Louisville recently, we've had a couple of those uh, mass shootings. Um, and uh, uh, I really think what you all have discussed has has has, has answered my question. Just, yeah, uh, I mean, how do we uh, process those sorts of things? Yes. Yeah. Uh, authentically. Yeah. <laughs> moment by moment, second by second, whatever is coming through. It, it's very helpful to allow it to play through these characters that we've been given are on the screen for us to watch we must allow them to play through whatever is unfolding for the mind to see the bigger picture and awaken and be relieved it's the mind that discovers it's not its fault it's the mind that discovers that the interplay between all on the screen whatever way it looks, whether it looks right one day or very, very, very wrong and distressing the next, it's it's the seeing of the play and then finding the innocence. And when I say finding, I don't mean by trying to forgive. I mean, literally the innocence of the whole play of awakening of everyone doing their best on a daily basis to find their way to relieve the suffering they're experiencing. And that's what's playing out continuously. And there's like 10 billion ways in every second that it's playing out. The thing is that this is all happening simultaneously. And sometimes when you take time off something you're watching and allow it to be collapsed as you watch, the forgiveness and the acceptance can come even quicker because we're all aware that eventually we'll find relief and peace we're also aware that we don't seem to have it right now. And so I would ask for it to be collapsed for you. I would ask for the relief to be given to you and for the clarity in the moment. But first I would go with whatever is present and be with the Holy Spirit and allow yourself to be comforted in whatever way is 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 helpful. And, you know, this you're being comforted by one who absolutely knows and loves you, you know, I mean, this is what Jesus accepted for himself. This is what he offered the apostles. And this is what's being offered to us through this course once again. So very authentic. You know, uh, people are always like, what well, says in the course, things like, you know, um, anger is not justified. It's like, it doesn't say you're not allowed to be angry. It just says, <laughs> don't keep trying to connect why you think you're angry with some story in the world. Be raging be infuriated, be heartbroken, be devastated and go to the spirit. And the invitation with that line is to not, not know exactly why that upset is really there. Find the original upset so that the multiplicity of these things that seem to keep playing out to show us that distress 
can relax back in the mind. They're, they're, we're only seeing these things. I'm not saying they're happening because of, we're only seeing these distressing things to show us there's already an upset that is so deeply buried that we can't get to without this help, without this visual. We're not talking about without bad things happening to good people. We're talking about without the awareness that the upset and the, the outpicturing is coming from somewhere else. It's very important. It's not mixed up with the new age thing for people that you're not causing your reality. It's a reflection of what you believe. It isn't happening at that level at all. And you must first deal with yourself and deal with how you feel very authentically as if a person in the world by going to the comforter. And when ready, this awareness can come back in and this softening can happen to allow you to come into a sense of presence that can see what is without, without that false responsibility or that feeling of having done something wrong or someone else having done something wrong, coming back in and you know, take, taking away your freedom of the mind again the freedom of the mind for everyone you know it's a beautiful answer spot on thank you so much yeah. um connie um joy had her hand up while ago too i don't know if she still wants to comment uh, joy go ahead please hey joy joy are you there no Hi, sorry. Hi. Um, you guys have a good memory because that was a while ago. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love these two, these are these, they are awesome. <laughs> they are awesome. I love that. Totally. totally. Um, and I love what you're saying because in the past few years, what's come across um, from Jesus through through another woman what he was teaching her was that these, you know, these very hidden beliefs that you just mentioned, it's not that we're creating at this level that, you know, there might be some misunderstanding about, it's about what's really hidden there. And that there's actually, um, the ego is desiring, it's like relishing those experiences. And so to really go deep to find out what, you know, what those core beliefs are, but then have him reveal it and just the experiences of light that have happened to me when when I sit there and go oh my gosh it's the desire to be right where I would have thought I'm not even like that you know I'm really laid back and it's like oh my god that's in there <laughs> you know and it's just been remarkable so do you have any thoughts and comments on that yeah I think it's great you can be the screaming harrogen in the corner and that can bring complete like release from the character self just as easy as seeming to come down into a deep meditative state and you know be content because the, the 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 awakening is 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 the release of identity of the character sense of self and the complete expansion of the all-inclusiveness of the identity Christ mind, as they would say in A Course in Miracles. So I, I think it's really important. Some of the greater like um, mystical experiences I had came from 
being totally distraught and really angry and shouting <laughs> at somebody at the top of my voice. And the next thing was they started to go really pale. They were just holding space, but they started to go really pale and the light cracking all around them. And they started to fade into like a flat <laughs> and then they started to all go to light <laughs> from screaming uh, in distress and frustration. Nobody tells you this. This is this idea, this like performance related awakening that we, we, we've all been doing our best to appear as has to be let go, you know, because like you're talking about, like it's a development of trust. And, you know, first we have discernment. And so we're being discerning, like, okay, I'm being discerning. And that is a really great stepping stone. And you're discerning between thought systems, you're discerning between, you know, you know, whether you're being puppeted versus whether you're voluntarily and with you know, what God's will for you. And then there's trust. And how you get there, how you get into total trust, because that's beyond discernment. Some people are afraid of it because they're thinking they'll turn into Tyler Durbin. I don't know if you remember Tyler Durbin from um, Fight Club. <laughs> Tyler Durbin's the alter ego of the guy who just flips out and starts Fight Club, but doesn't even know he's not just a member trying to get in. He, he started the whole thing because it's a collapse of the trying. It's a collapse of the controlling and the trying to get it wrong or right, because there is no wrong or right in total trust. There, is a, there has been a development of trust and a handing over and a being under Christ's control. And then there has to be a total release that you couldn't possibly guests that words that look loud and sharp could be less helpful than words that look soft and polished how could you know how many of us have been saved by someone yanking us out of traffic you know giving turning around to us and just giving us what for in a second and you're going you might not like it in the moment but afterwards you're going thank okay you. thank you really Thank you. I've had all these friends sitting here for years. <laughs> you, I met you 10 minutes ago. You just like gave me what for, but I'm clear. I'm suddenly relieved, you know? You know, it's like Connie was sharing earlier, you might be first shocked by something, but then you're just like so totally relieved because it confronts the very thing that you've been dodging or moving around for years. So we, you can't know. You can't know what's true. It's like a play. You can't know what will move the scene along, what will, you know, support the crescendo. You just have to allow, uh, allow it to play through in trust. Yes, you're absolutely going to notice if you're, like you said, <laughs> wanting to be right or feeling justified, like, you know, like the Course says or things like that. Even still, if you find yourself in the flow or the flood of something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible to like pull it back. It's better to give it over in the moment. I, I saw myself once in a really snippy sentence coming out about to lay something on someone that I was angry with. This is years ago. And, and I saw it halfway through. And by the end of the sentence, having given it over to the spirit, the spirit took the sentence over and it like landed so completely differently. <laughs> so this is very immediate you know it's like you know so I, I love what you're saying about you know the, the 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 control like the control element of it coming back and forth and 
and and the wanting to be right uh, you know and even those when I hear people about being justified and they're slamming their hands on bibles and things I'm like <laughs> I I'm I'm justified by being a holy child of God and and what justifies that is I'm sure I don't know I'm sure I'm mistaken it's actually been a prayer of mine for a number of years is like you know if you accept first thing in the morning that you're mistaken and you don't know there isn't much can hit you <laughs> throughout the day, you know. So that's that's. So thank you, Joy. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Hey, Glenn, you got a question? Oh, other than how much I if I I'm really appreciating you, Sarah. Just it's like it's like if I could if I could pour out my heart it was like Yolanda and I are over here just scream you can't hear us because we're screaming and, and, and to like scream into this thing is like probably not a good idea for the rest of the experience of others which oh, like, I don't know <laughs> but it's like you know we're so thank you you know so much and for you've really emphasized one of my favorite things in the world, and that is relationship. You know, so talk a little bit more, if you would, about what you mean and how you construct or what are you, what are you talking about when you say relationship? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for the excitement. It's 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 <laughs> lovely to join in the passion or whatever is happening. Like we were just saying a minute ago, passion for anger or passion for like joy or celebration or gratitude, whatever is coming through. I think relationship, I think of it as it's like feedback. I think any relationship, whether it seems to be of this world between people uh or whether it's the true relationship with the father and the son whether it's the true relationship of with the self know thyself self then it it is about reassurance feedback clarity and ultimately acceptance and you know when we seem to be joining with people when we seem to be joining in this world, it only goes wrong when we think we're joining with people because our own agenda comes up. Then we imagine their agenda. Then we relate through those two agendas with one another and all acceptance and innocence and, you know, eventually gets lost. Even if we're for one another, you know, it's conditional it, because a person is a mask it's it's a condition <laughs> it's an ailment and we are healing from the illusion of that ailment and coming into right relationship with ourselves. and you know that so that's what relationship means to me and so when I talk about it being with the Holy Spirit in the end the experience I have is that the choice is to relate through that relationship with everyone that you seem to encounter so, so and not instead of authenticity as well as you know it, so yeah so thank you for bringing about authenticity 
as a part of this relationship because i think mm -hmm. there's a really the foundation then you even mentioned the the sign above adelphi you know the temple of adelphi was do you know who you are you know yes. and so that informs every relationship it creates the construction of the conditions of what we say what we do and what everything is for and what all this material world is doing and reflecting you know so and one of the things that you said that you do and it was a fundamental practice of mine and uh is that when you realize that you have been wrong you know when you realize you're wrong it was like All oh, I'm upset or whatever so can, can you talk about the process a little bit you know a, a little bit more about what happens when you're like going oh my god i'm wrong and like what happens when just like the world changes because you realize that you're wrong okay yeah that's great yeah like it's actually one of my favorite things i i, grew up, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up seemingly dyslexic so i had to learn very early that i was going to be wrong all the time when it came to tests and spelling and all the basics of which they're looking at you to see how good you're going to be and they'll do in the world. <laughs> I would be failing on their scale. Um, and yet I was blessed with teachers that didn't make me feel bad for being wrong. And also parents who also didn't amplify the shame of being wrong. And so, you know, I remember making myself a t-shirt once saying being wrong rocks, W-R-O-N-G, you know, being wrong rocks, because there was a need to get comfortable with it. Now, when it seems to be about being wrong and someone else is right, that can seem much harder to let go of. But it's only because there's some idea that there's two and that the other, by you being wrong, it makes either the world, the society, the institution, or this other person that you're in you know, contention with right. And I remember going to the Holy Spirit at one point and it's like, oh, just oh, so infuriating. I, I, I can be mistaken. What is sticking here? And it was like, oh, it's just you think it makes them right. Whereas be, you being mistaken relieves everyone here of your understanding and their understanding of this. It just relieves their being too. It relieves their being guilty and innocent, you see, by the wrong and the right. This wrong is being mistaken means you're Christ. This being mistaken means you're a holy child of God in innocence. And so is everyone else. So I think I had, this is my feeling is that it's the letting go of that. There, that means there's someone else who's right and above and superior to that makes it harder because we were still really defended from, from really getting good with being mistaken, really good at being mistaken. Now I associate being mistaken with being completely relieved like completely relieved and being seeing how it is so if there's ever been a confusion it's been like I just really want to see I don't understand I really want to see where I'm mistaken is my prayer I want to see it and because being relieved and the innocence and the flood and the good nature and the goodwill doesn't always mean that the story in front of you rectifies but it has no hold over you anymore yes it has no hold over you so so it moves to interest 
and discovery and I want to be here and reality is where I want to be and interested. Yes. It's like the, the, the perspective completely changed instead of taking score in a transactional universe, some, some, and then I, I, I like metamorphosize, turn myself inside out or outside in, <laughs> into a cooperative component, a co-creator mm. with peace and what mm -hmm. is, and I become, and I know what to do. And I'm not afraid of not performing my things. So I'm in danger. And it's just like, it accomplishes what I'm actually trying to do and like not get hurt. You know, mm -hmm. it actually, what I'm trying to accomplish, this little me, this, this character, I love the word when you say the character, because I do care about the character. I've dressed yeah. it quite well, you know, and I care it's about looking, the character. It's looking good. <laughs> you know, I do this character really well. I, I have invested things in this character. So it's like, I'm not kidding about the character. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to, you know, it's like, perfect. So thank you for like really illuminating that there's nothing frightening even about the character. Because yes. is it even out to get me or like make things make a problem or has to be overcome or it's like the fundamental thing that must change and which have to give up this character so can you that's the end uh thank you connie for uh, uh kathy's got her head up so and, and kathy's got her head up so it's like yeah i'll just say one one little thing to that actually you all night I'll, before we get the next question I, i'll just say one little thing about that like you know when i was talking about like the Tyler Durbin moment beyond discernment and showing up correct as the character or the way we prefer as the character. It doesn't matter whether you're rebel without a cause or, you know, this, you know, the minister of the month, it, it doesn't really matter. It's this sense though of relaxing from the conditions we put on the character to perform that we like, that we will be in agreement with. And however it plays out, coming into a sense of relief and relinquishment. And that's the softening of those softening of conditions and preferences. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a deep path because it, it looks like you let yourself down a lot. And, and that's a lot of the being mistaken and the embracing of it. And then finding out you didn't need to be those ways or have those conditions in place to have the love and intimacy and respect and you know acceptance which is the only reason you had them there in the first place those conditions thank you thank you Kathy. sorry go ahead um my um audio has been breaking up a little bit so i I'm hoping there's a clear connection, but I thought I would mention that um, because it could just cut out, you never know. But anyway, um, I'm grateful to uh, have the opportunity to join with um, all the like minds here and be uh, back in the um, Awakening Together community. Thank you, uh, Sarah, for your satsang. My question, um, I guess I'm not really sure exactly what the question is. I'm, I, I'm um, following on from really sort of the idea of trust has come up this evening. And uh, as, as you mentioned, Connie, the, um, the characteristics of uh, the teachers of God 
in the teacher's manual, the first one is trust, the second one is honesty, right? And so, um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm grateful that there is an, uh, um, our favorite anarchist is here. So I'm bolstered by that because I really feel like this when is an anarchist issue. And, uh, <laughs> And, uh, and, and it's something I have discussed with, with both Glenn and Yolanda, but my issue is about, um, if you will, the elephant in the course and um, where the, the um, truth teaching that it is, is actually inconsistent. And we know that it is uh, a non-dual teaching framed in an egoic framework. And so um, they don't fit together so well. <laughs> the parts that are not true in the course, which are there to be seen and easily identified and pointed to in the actual application of the teachings. And so, yeah, I feel a little anarchist, anarchistic talking again about the elephant in the course. So I wonder what your thoughts are about that, if you have sure, any. Sure, sure. Thank you for your question. I, I feel actually the way you opened up really addresses it straight off the bat. Because it the pathway to feeling comforted, which is all awakening is, a pathway of feeling comforted and softening into this relaxation and this shift in identity of feeling safe can't come when we're pretending. When I heard you say trust, I heard simultaneously the word pretending to trust. So many people pretending to trust, saying they're trusting. You can come as quickly to the experience we're speaking about, and, and that's all the book is for, by saying, I don't believe you. I don't understand this. I don't like it and I don't trust you. As, you know, mantras of I trust you, you're good to me, you know, I'm a person in the world, but you're claiming I'm I'm the son of God. It is the connection and the demand and the desire to know. It is the welcome for the awareness of the love that is the activating agent here. It is the welcome first. It's the show me. It's the defiant show me. Make it obvious. Sweep me off my feet. Because I don't see it, even in this blue book that everyone else seems to like. I don't see it. If, if you came with that to the spirit, that would be sufficient. That, that is the answer. The answer is to demand, you know, it, the spirit doesn't care why you came. If you come flailing with fists, it's just as valid and just as intimate and just as much a welcome as anything else. It's not actually a push away, you see, because that's the unconditional love. And coming into a softening and a safety and a trust is what's valuable. And leaning into an experience beyond what you've experienced before will yield that, but only if it feels safe. And why would you, why should you, if that's not what it feels like to you? If it feels like the elephant in the room, 
I would I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't go near it. I would say that's not what it feels like to me. It feels very provoking. It feels untrustworthy. It feels that's more helpful, you know, to just really allow all of of authentically what's there up and ask to see what would bring comfort and trust and relaxation and welcome so that you can welcome it. That's um, that's what's valuable. That's what's valuable. For sure, the, the welcoming of it um, doesn't make the untrue aspects disappear. They need collectively to be looked at if we're following the one mind teachings and you've got languaging that's not honest. If you read the section uh, for the characteristics of God's teachers on honesty, um, the egoic framework in which, in which the courses couch the messaging um, is not consistent, it's oppositional, it's contradictory, and it's exclusive. And it need not be. <laughs> it, it, there's no rationale. Like, what is the purpose? If we ask the questions, we're taught to ask, what is the purpose? It doesn't take long to see that, oh, well, this is a case of the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the special attachments that, yes, the Holy Spirit does not ask us to give them up. Um, but we're also not told that we have to keep it, um, except in the course community, which uh, is um, uh, following uh, editorial imperatives that um, adhere to Judeo-Christian um, teaching that's not applicable to what the teachings are all about in truth. And so what happens to the truth? The truth can't be, well, it's true here, but this part over there, well, we'll let that be true this time. It doesn't work that way. We've all read the stuff on, only the truth is true. You can't have a, a little bit of the truth not be true to serve, serve the purposes. <laughs> so, we're, so we're given all the information to see the elephant, but nobody wants to talk about it. And in fact, you become anarchistic if you even point to it or allude to it because, you know, we're, we're rocking the boat here. We're, we're upsetting the status quo. And this just all ha has arisen out of the course based on um, editorial imperatives that actually are not even consistent with um, what's identified as um, the two principal guidelines, which is that number one, that the course appeals to the general readership. Um, that, that's one of them. And uh, that um, it, it respects the messages. So if we take a look at the general- Well, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it because you, you've raised some really good points there. Like, let's and, take a look, look at honesty. Okay, because well, honesty, according to the course, I'll just use the course framework since you brought it up. I'll talk about any pathway. A Course in Miracles talks about honesty as being consistency. And let's talk about it practically. It also talks about the special relationship, which people always think is between people. The special relationship is with this universe. The specialness is with your, your sense of self. 
the specialness is just attachment. And in A Course in Miracles, for me, it's the giving over of everything you love to the spirit, not to take away. That would be sacrifice. That would be awful. To give it over to make it especially helpful for awakening, to, to use it as a draw. So here's something I already love. I already love this person. I'm already attracted here. This is where I feel safe and secure. Anyone who believes that the spirit is trying to take people away from them isn't really, and I'm really glad to be able to share this, fully getting the consistency of the honesty that the spirit is going for it. Because it's a very deep experience. And of course, everything that's not that, that's fearful for us flushes up first. So we're being asked to give those that we may identify or feel we have a special relationship with, whether it's the bunny outside or the fact that we like summer or, you know, water's our favorite drink. It doesn't really matter. There's no hierarchy. We're asked to give all of that attraction over to the spirit, all of that desire to repurpose for coming into peace, which is the only goal of the course. There's no goal, at least for its students, if, if you feel it's your pathway. And then in the honesty is on a daily basis. It's not being honest as in truthful. It means consistently seeing where, no, no, actually, I don't even want to hand it to you because I think you'll take it from me. And coming into, you know, an honesty and, a, 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 you know, an authenticity with the fear that's arising, the threat we experience with it, all of those feelings. Because the spirit needs happy learners. And so the spirit will take whatever you bring, even like I said, fists shaking, and say, oh, oh, I see, I see exactly what you're saying. I totally appreciate what you're saying. Now come in and work with me, because that book is a springboard for getting you to feel safe with your higher self. Come in with me. Let's bring all of those thoughts like specialness and honesty and consistency and trust. And let's work with things you already love, you already feel safe with, and we'll just expand on that feeling so that what happens is that everything feels like it's your favorite preference. Not that your favorite preference gets taken away and everything becomes bland. Let's work with it so that the love you already have for that part of your family or your little dog or the house you live in or the routine you live in, that safety expands that you could now be in another city or town without having to move there and feel just as safe and feel just as undefended as you do in your own home where you get to lock your own door and feel safe. And so the spirit's looking to it's the development of the sameness of everything in our seeing so that the elephant in the room that nobody else seems to want to talk about that's upsetting us and constantly bothering us is a valid way to come to the spirit to bring up that upset that's there wherever we see it it doesn't matter and to be shown again and again as many times as possible and convinced, it's the spirit's job to convince you. We're not supposed to like somehow just go, okay, I'm gonna trust, you know, like we were talking about earlier. It's, it's our job to be convinced by the spirit why it's safe to trust. And that can only be 
by harnessing what you already love and expanding it, what you already, where you already feel safe and expanding it. It can't be about choosing something you have no trust in and, and no safety with. You wouldn't be asked to do that. It just wouldn't be your path. And then it wouldn't bother you if it's not your path either. Like it's only meant as a springboard. So the springboard that's for you, and I can feel that there's a trust in the awakening and there's a trust in the deepening. Forget Christianity, that's not relevant for you. That's not relevant. Some of us use those terms. I had a lot of healing to do with those terms. It's really just about you, the intimacy, the safety, the honesty, meaning consistency of bringing towards you that safety in the mind, that relief, that relaxation. And in a way that as it comes towards you, it's easy to welcome. And there isn't anything going on in any book anywhere. It's all, it's all blank. You know, it really is. And I remember even in a marriage ceremony saying, I don't think I can say I promise to be truthful. I said, because inherently human beings are not truthful. <laughs> Just inherently. I said, I can say I, I, I will do my best to be honest, because for me, that what that means is that I, I come back later and I go, okay, you know what I said earlier? Yeah, I was wrong. I, I didn't even really believe that, but I said it to you anyway. I, I feel this and I was ashamed and I felt conflicted and I felt hurt and scared and put upon. And so I came up with that sentence out of nowhere. But eventually you start to see, you know, that the one who's speaking isn't you. So it doesn't matter whether it's got a fist in the air or whether it's giving a peace sign or whether it's blowing kisses of love. The one that's speaking, the character self isn't you. And it's whom you listen with and not who you listen to that matters. Whom you listen with and no one can control who you're choosing to listen with. And no one can manipulate you when you choose who you choose to listen with. And when you listen with the spirit, there is a sense of safety and it doesn't matter what the others are saying or thinking or believing. It, it, it matters what the inner dialogue, the inner commentary, the inner nurturing and comfort that's coming through to you. That's all that matters. And for me, when I opened the book, like I said, before I even read it, I started to feel that. And I would say, if that's not your experience, I would definitely close it and know that the spirit definitely wants you to have that experience, however, is helpful. So thank you so much for your, for your mm -hmm. comment. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everybody. Sarah, I, um, I could feel, I could feel a safety that, uh, that I don't think I ever felt before. So, um, like it's, like it's okay. <laughs> so that's really great. Um, and, um, and everybody that's listening, um, if you feel, if you feel to donate, this is the, this is what Sarah does. Um, so thank you again. Thank you, Connie. So lovely to join with you all today. Much love. Thank you.